sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. A mother's breastfeeding experience changes drastically over time, starting with her child's birth throughout the months of her baby's life. Today, we continue our conversation in our series called Breastfeeding Expectations. Over the next 12 months, we will follow three new mothers along their breastfeeding journeys, learning how they cope with breastfeeding challenges and settle into the breastfeeding rhythm with their babies. This is The Boob Group, Episode 23. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support club. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Today, we are so excited to announce the Boob Group Club. Woo! (laughs) This is an exclusive membership club available to all of our listeners. It gives you access to all of our archived episodes, written transcripts of the shows, plus a monthly newsletter with special giveaways, discounts, and much, much more. You can access all of this great information through the web or through our new Boob Group app. For more information, visit our website, theboobgroup.com, and click on Members at the top of the page. Now it's time for me to introduce our lovely new moms, who we will be following for now the next nine months. Ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? Sure. Hi, I'm Cherry Christensen. I'm 31. I work in consumer research, and I have a brand new baby girl. I guess she's not so brand new anymore. (laughs) She um, just turned three months old. Hi, I'm Annie Hall. I am 36 years old, and I'm an architect, and I have a brand new baby girl as well, but she's just about to turn four months, and um, she's Eleanor. And Jen, who is usually here, um, as many things happen, life gets in the way, and her hubby is actually a groomsman in a wedding today, so she's not going to be joining us today, but she will return when we're back for the fifth month, so we just have these nice two ladies in the studio today. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. 
You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. We're going to kick off today's episode with some unbelievable breastfeeding stories making headlines around the internet. And all of these stories are posted on our boob group Pinterest board if you'd like to check them out. So the article today that we're going to be talking about um, is from USA Today, and it's uh, the title of it is Use of Mother's Milk Banks, Milk Sharing Skyrockets. And so we have um, essentially was just talking about how hospital milk banks and Facebook pages, there are all these different places where new moms are using each other's and one another's mother's donated uh, breast milk to feed their babies. And apparently about 2.18 million ounces of breast milk were distributed through the Human Milk Bake Association of North America in 2011, which is up from 1.5 million ounces in 2009 and 1.8 million ounces in 2010. And from the milk bank, most of these, most of this milk is actually going to babies in the NICU. And it's actually quite costly. It's about three to five dollars an ounce. So think about how much, yeah, so your babies are probably getting about 30 ounces a day. And so for... I'm curious, what drives that cost? Why is it so expensive? Is it the cost of them processing it and screening the milk and screening the moms and that's, all that stuff? That's exactly it. So they the pricing's based on blood testing of donor moms, um, screening the donated milk for bacteria, and then they pasteurize it as well. Because you think about it, they're oh. combining milks from all different ladies and so they need to pasteurize it because the bacteria and all that kind of stuff um we don't know how old the milk has been around you know because you can obviously save it for quite a while especially if it's in your freezer Mm -hmm. so all different dates all different ladies and then they also do these blood tests too to make sure that the mom is really healthy so there is a lot of milk sharing that's going on over facebook as well um so i just wanted to get your take on it i mean have you heard of this before um you know milk sharing either through milk banks or through facebook yeah, I I have because um, I remember when I was pregnant, I remember seeing someone had posted something on Facebook about a, a dad who um, was his baby was not tolerating formula very well, and the mom had unfortunately passed away, and he was looking for donations. And oh, wow. I just remember thinking to myself, um, you know, oh my gosh, if I have you know extra milk and and I'm in a position to donate, I would love you know I would love to do that. But I know that some of the more official things like this group that you were talking about, they have a little bit more sort of you know hoops to jump through, and that there are plenty of sort of mom to mom groups on Facebook, like is it um, Eats on Feats, I Eats think on is one of is them. One, yep. um, and, and other groups like that where moms are literally just connecting with moms in their local area. Um, and I know a couple of moms who have crazy, you know, excess <laughs> supply who have been donating hundreds and hundreds of ounces of milk. And I think it's such a wonderful thing to do. It's funny though, I would, I would be totally open to donating my milk. I don't know how I would feel about getting someone else's though. Yeah. I, I know I don't I know it's kind of a weird distinction but I guess if you really really need it I would much rather take someone else's milk than put my baby on formula. Yeah. I would rather try that first. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Annie? Uh, initially, I think the idea of taking somebody's milk is strange to me. Um maybe just because I feel so connected to giving my milk to my daughter yeah. and keeping it with my family. Um but if there was no other course then I could see us choosing that as an option um i think it it also sounds strange to me to to mix 
the milks together. Yeah. But I also think it's an incredible thing. Um, and that, the, that it's moms giving milk to these babies in the NICU. I mean, that's a, just a, it's an un- unbelievable thing. I think I would be able to get over my initial, yeah. um, I don't know, weirdness about it. It's, it's, it's simply just a person, like, you know, just yeah. an initial reaction to, to just sharing something, a bottle, yeah. a bodily yeah. fluid with somebody else. But if you think about it, I'm vegan, so I don't drink, um, you know, any, any dairy at all. But if you think about it, we, we don't know the cows and we drink yeah. their milk. <laughs> well, and, and that's why yeah, it's pasteurized. Yeah. yeah. Although there is raw milk. And, you know, yeah. and if you're drinking it from a cow that you actually, yeah. you know, is well, and grass fed <laughs> and he has like yeah. safe things but yeah, yeah I mean that's one of the reasons they pasteurize milk is yeah. you have to kill the bacteria in it mm-hmm. um, and we actually just had an episode a couple weeks ago about women with insufficient glandular tissue and um, and one of the women there um, her baby has been on her milk and donor milk since the beginning and um, and she's so thankful for these moms that she's met through these kind of informal milk sharing um, pages and things like that um, as well as friends I know a lot of them were through friends um, but her baby is gosh I think he's now 15 or 17 months old wow and um, and still on breast milk her, hers and donor milk so oh, kind of a cool really concept mm-hmm. all right well thanks for sharing your ideas ladies So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing what Annie and Cherry's breastfeeding experiences have been like during their baby's fourth month. So ladies, um, what new and exciting things are your kiddos doing now in their fourth month? And it doesn't even have to be related to breastfeeding, but what have you noticed that's kind of different about them now? I think non-breastfeeding related, Kelly is just super chatty. She, When I was in school, everyone called me Cherry Chatterbox, um, which is perfect to come talk on the radio, I suppose. <laughs> but um, but she is just talking. Of course, you know, it's just all gurgles and, and, and muffled sounds, and yeah. babbles. Yeah, but it just like, I mean, last I think last month we were talking about sort of the smiles and her actually smiling back at me and, and all of that. But all of a sudden it was just blah, 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 blah. And um, sometimes she's just going and going and I'll kind of talk back to her when she does that. And the more I talk back to her, the more she kind of talks back to me. So that's been non-breastfeeding related, but very, very fun. And uh, I definitely feel like she's getting more and more interactive every day. Yeah. How about you, Annie? Yeah, she's definitely been talking. Eleanor has been, um, she started talking to me in the morning. (laughs) So when I, the first breastfeeding session, she would just sit there and look, pull back and and look at me and then just start talking. So we (laughs) we coo back and forth (laughs) to each other. Um, and then she's interactive. She's playing with rings and her little gym and um, anything that she can hold on to with her fist. She, in, in fact, yesterday she fell asleep hanging on to these rings that are hanging from her When did um, she start chair? doing that? I don't, in the last few weeks. Okay. The last couple of weeks. Well, my sister brought over the, this, these rings, and so I just gave them to her hanging, and then she would hang on to them and she's under her gym and she has this one toy that has <laughs> rings underneath it and she has it in one hand and then she has the rings in the other and she's just like starting to do Olympics <laughs> she's very talented <laughs> doing sit-ups so yeah that's right so yesterday she fell asleep with her hand holding the ring <laughs> in the car seat which is pretty awesome um so yeah very interactive and and rolling um not so much rolling over but just rolling on her side picking up her feet and I need to do more tummy time I forget to do that but <laughs> I know. I remember when my son was three months old, it was such a different 
all of a sudden he was just interacting with his environment and like you said chewing on toys and I remember sticking him in his bouncy chair in the kitchen while I was cooking and um before you know before three months I kind of needed to pick him up after about 10 minutes so I was constantly going back and forth and dinner took me like an hour to cook and then once around three months all of a sudden it was like he was just kind of hanging out in there he had a little <laughs> aquarium that he looked at he'd look up at me and like mm-hmm. coo we'd have conversations <laughs> back and forth and he was just all of a sudden just so excited about his environment rather than overstimulated by it and it, I just thought it was such a cool thing. So I'm, it's so exciting your your little ones are going through that as well. And I love that Eleanor is a couple of weeks older than Kelly because I feel like every month is kind of a sneak peek of what's <laughs> totally. coming next. Because she's, <laughs> totally. really, she's not really holding on to things yet, but I can see she's sort of making little grasping things with her hands. I'll try and give her something and she's not really interested in it. But um, her hands are fascinating and those go right in her mouth. She's trying yeah. to see how many fingers she can fit in. So I feel like she's almost there. So well, and that's what it started with. It was her hands first and then they were, yeah. they were in her mouth and then it was... Her, her arms go flailing all over the place to yeah. try to get the one thing that's right on her. <laughs> so they go out here to the right, and then they come back to her heart, and then she grabs the this little toy, and then she starts sucking on it, you know, and slobber is going all over the place, which I realize that uh, she's been putting her hand up towards her ear a little bit, so she's teething, which I didn't realize would start so soon, but she could be teething for the next three months, and n- n- a tooth wouldn't come through, totally. as I understand, right? So she's been slobbering all over the place. So you have that to com- look for. There's been a you? lot of slobber, and I've just been, like, having my fingers crossed, like, no, she's not teething yet. It's too early. It's too early. It's too early. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have you noticed a change in your baby's breastfeeding patterns over this past month? Are they still kind of feeding? I think they were feeding a couple last month. They were feeding eh, every couple hours and going longer stretches at night and stuff like that. What What's it looking like for now for you? Kelly's still pretty much doing that. I think um, she's taking, you know, every now and then I'll kind of do a pre and post um, feed way and so I noticed that she's taking a little bit more in at each at each session but I don't feel like she's nursing less frequently <laughs> so I think she's still going as often and just taking in more milk um, we definitely had some some issues with her in the beginning where she was really spitting up a lot I don't, don't like to talk about it because whenever I talk about it she spits up but if, <laughs> I don't, if I don't say anything for two months then it doesn't happen um, but that seems to really really have gotten better and I know it was a I knew it was normal, but it was still a little bit alarming because I would feel like she just sped up like ounce for ounce, every ounce she just took in. And um, clearly, I think it was just, you know, a part of the normal underdevelopment of her, you know, of her system. And she seems to be getting much better. So, but she's still nursing. She's still nursing a lot. I think the one thing that I've noticed that's much harder was we really used to try and get to her before she was crying. Like crying was like the last thing. And one of the things that was really great was whenever she was hungry, she would put her hands by her mouth. And that was one of the easiest cues for me to pick up. Mm-hmm. Now her hands are always in her mouth. Like yeah. 24-7, she has a hand in her mouth. And so it's become a little bit a little bit harder to kind of pick up sometimes on when she isn't, you know, isn't hungry. Um, but yeah, but she's she's been doing great. And she's we're definitely kind of, you know, getting much more into a rhythm of things. And I I realize days go by where I'm just like, oh, everything's just completely normal. You know, this is what I wanted from day one. Yeah. It just took us, you know, two, three months to get there. But And you re- you bring up a really good point before, Annie, before you share. Um, but right around three months when babies are starting to put their hands and toys and things in their mouth, um, it is really challenging to find out. when they are hungry because that is no longer a cue anymore and I think that sometimes um, some parents don't know that and so they're like why is my baby hungry all the time but actually it's no longer an instinct for them to put their hands in their mouth and point to their mouth and say like put something in here right now and feed me (laughs) now it's just like oh this is awesome I found my hands I found this little chew toy and I'm gonna chew toy it's like a dog but you know (laughs) little toy and then um, because it feels good on their gums and now Mm -hmm. they know how to use their hands I just have to compete with her hands though because I'm trying to nurse her and her hands are in the way and they always were but now it's just like she has so much more control 
control over them. And, you know, the second, like, sometimes she'll kind of, like, pop off a little bit. And before I can get her latched on again, there's a hand in her (laughs) mouth, you know. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then sometimes I just figure, you know, maybe she just wants the hand in her mouth and I'll let her keep the hand and, you know, we'll try again in 15 minutes. Absolutely. Annie, how about you? Breastfeeding looking the same for you now? Uh, No, but I I don't know how to describe what it is right now because we're both confused. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about it. (laughs) What's confusing? (laughs) So I, we had a pretty good pattern of like her three-hour cycle of um, eat, play, sleep kind of cycle. And she would sleep for about an hour, hour and a half. And so that was, that was it. And then the last few days, um, she – well, the last couple of weeks, it, she was up at different times in the night, but just once, but just up at different times. And so I, that threw me off. Um, and then she'll wake up in the morning at different times, and I was I – was, getting used to her being up around 7, 7.30. So that works out great with a daily routine. And I, I could figure that out. And then this last week it was um, 5 and then 8. And then it was 4 and then 7. But then she wasn't hungry at 7. So I And I was expecting her to eat right when she woke up. And she wasn't hungry right when she woke up. Yeah. So, um, so then I would feed her again at 8. But then it was kind of a half feeding. And then I, I, I had to go to work. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't get to be home make me emotional <laughs> to figure it out yeah um so uh she's eating plenty through the bottle through the day um but just right now i tried to feed her with the bottle and uh, and today with the breast she was like i don't want it so she might be i don't know a little bit of um teething and her hands in her mouth and all the saliva and maybe she's a little confused too and she doesn't know when she wants it you know I, I don't know so something something we'll <laughs> delve into a little yes. bit <laughs> and figure out so it, I feel like she's in transition to a new yeah. um pattern yeah and maybe she's going to be up a little bit longer um maybe she needs a little bit more every every time she eats so I've decided to instead of four ounces it's five and so I'm trying that or will be trying that um, but I just I haven't figured out what what she needs when. Yeah. So that's where I am. And the other thing that's really common with babies who I'm sure we will be talking about this next month. Actually, it's very common when babies hit that kind of four month mark, they become very distractible mm-hmm. at the breast. Like they're sitting there and they're calm, and all of a sudden it's like ooh shiny, and they flip. They sometimes with your nipple in their mouth, they no, turn around. It, totally true. Yeah, and so. What we find a lot, and I remember it with my own kids, too, is they were sleeping great until about four months. And then all of a sudden we had this reversal where they were starting to wake up more frequently in the middle of the night. And I think it's because they're not getting as much in the daytime because they're like, ooh, shiny. And so unless you're sitting in a quiet room and really kind of setting your nursing routine, um, then they kind of snack through the day. And then at night they're like oh, I I need to wake up because I'm actually hungry. Whereas before you're like, wow, you know, you're not hungry. You're powering through it. Why are you hungry now? Is it something with my supply? And oftentimes it has nothing to do with the supply, but just that they were snacking throughout the day because they were so interested, kind of talking about how now everything is not so overwhelming to them, but actually very interesting and they want to interact with their environment. Sometimes they interact when they're trying to eat. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be, you know, in a quieter space sometimes. So it might be something that you can try with Mm -hmm. Ellie and see if maybe you can set up this, you're probably already doing this anyway, but if not, just find a quiet space in your home um, or when you're out where it's just the two of you and she's spending more time there. And so that way, um, it's not disturbing kind of this breastfeeding, bottle feeding, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So 
just a little tidbit. Um, <laughs> and Kelly is someone awake. has just woke up. Exactly. Well, perfect She's timing. Like, I'm going to let you know I'm hungry. Exactly. <laughs> well, when we come back, we'll be discussing how Annie and Cherry um, are d- dealing with returning back to work and pumping. And um, I know that both of them had some questions that they want to talk about today. So we'll be right back. All right, so we're back. And um, Annie, I know you had a question. You had mentioned to me that you were curious about increasing your fat content in your milk. And so, um, if I may ask, um, are you worried about the fat fat content of your milk? What kind of sparked this question for you? I had heard through a a friend who has a daughter um, that her wife was looking to um, increase the fat content and so she started drinking dark beers like porters and and dark beers to increase the fat content and so I thought to myself well why do you need to increase the fat content do I not make enough fat (laughs) because she said one of her friends actually I think it's Jen her milk has a uh, if you look at the four ounces there's like two ounces of fat and then the rest is whatever right and so she said that's exorbitant actually. yeah so (laughs) well it's butter and cream just Mm -hmm. like your kids had so it, it, I thought, well, is it supposed to be like that? And I didn't really look anything up. I just thought, I need to talk to Robin about this. <laughs> what do I do to, to make more fat? Am I supposed to have yeah. more fat? And then I read a little bit about it that it's not so much about the fat. It's just about the amount. Um, but I was curious, is there something that I'm not doing right in my diet? Well, I love that question. I actually, when you asked it, I was like, hmm, I, I don't know the answer to that. So I went on Kelly Mom. <laughs> That's <laughs> my, my favorite too. place. Um, and it, I mean, I had kind of a, a, I had an assumption about it, but I just wanted to make sure that I had the correct answer. And so um, you are correct. It's, it's more about the amount the baby's getting and rather than the fat content. And so the really the way to ensure that your baby is getting enough of that hind milk that we hear a lot about, which I actually have a article on my website for the San Diego Breastfeeding Center about that the four milk kind milk imbalance is actually quite a controversy because I find that a lot of moms unnecessarily worry about it because um, it's really not something to worry about unless you see some symptoms and some signs of it. But essentially, the more full your breast is, the, like, the longer you've gone. So say, think first thing in the morning and your baby's had a four, five, six hour chunk of time that your baby slept, then your milk is actually going to be more watery. It's going to have more four milk mm-hmm. because your breasts are, liti- your, your, your goods are stretched to capacity, okay? Um, but then if you feed more regularly and it doesn't allow them to fill up as much, then the percentage wise that we're looking at of four milk and hind milk is going to be a little bit more balanced. And so the more that you have in there, the more four milk that is. But so really it's, and it also increases your milk production the more that you empty your breasts. So it's not necessarily that there's anything that you can do to increase the um, the fat content of your milk. Every woman's fat content is different and it fluctuates throughout their entire time that they're breastfeeding. Um, I think I would actually like to see this woman's milk because I'd be really surprised if it was two ounces of cream and two ounces of four milk. Because even in my good days when my kids were like, like chunky chunky babies is still only skimmed the top of it when it froze okay so yeah so i think that that's and again your baby's getting for uh, hind milk 
even from that first drop that they're taking. But the percentage of it compared to the form milk is lower. But then throughout the feeding, as your baby's on there, it's higher hind milk concentration, higher hind milk concentration. And then towards the end of the feeding, it's kind of flip-flopped. So now there's more hind milk in there and less form milk. So as long as your baby's draining the breast and draining it regularly, whether you're at work and pumping or your baby's on you, you know, throughout the day and night, um, then your baby's accessing all the fat content that they need um, as long as the ounces are kind of meeting their need. So Well, and I think that's what led me to not so much a question, but an understanding after reading that. I think I read the same thing. Um, in, at work, when I pump, I wasn't necessarily draining. I was just going for 10 or 15 minutes, but I also was thinking I, I have to hurry up. Yeah. So there's that sort of pressure and pull that I've put on myself. But the last couple of days, I've just gone for 20 minutes and it looks like I've drained a lot. Oh, that's a good idea. So, and that also gives me a more of a supply. Yep. And the other thing is too, is if you're, if you're pressed for time during those, so say you pump for 10 minutes without any massage and maybe you're reading your iPhone just to kind of decompress for a little bit, listening to some music, those last five minutes, if you have 15 minutes, get in there and really massage, especially like underneath the armpit and the periphery of the breast is where that really hard to access milk kind of hangs out. And that's the creamier milk. And Mm -hmm. so really kind of compressing and pushing from the outer edges of the breast to the nipple. Um, I would find that towards the end of my pumping sessions when I was at work, if I squeezed my breast together and gave myself some really sweet cleavage, Mm -hmm. um, that would, that would actually give me a whole nother ounce Mm -hmm. um, than if I wouldn't have done that. And so that's also another way rather than pumping for longer, but just actually doing some hands-on massage while you're pumping to really get the milk out. So would you actually be squeezing that whole ounce or just do it once and then it would stimulate the extra ounce to come oh, out good of I, I would compression? Actu- I would yeah. actually do the compressions for about five minutes. Okay. So, um, and we're not, doing it here. We're I know. Practicing. We're trying it. <laughs> we squeeze it into Callie's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's kind of the same philosophy where in the beginning when, you're, when your baby's just a f- few days old and you're trying to keep them awake at the breast and so you're pressing your breast to kind of squeeze the milk mm-hmm. into their mouth, same type of things towards the end of your pumping sessions or the end of your breastfeeding sessions too using those compressions just helps get the milk out and so yes I would use it for probably the last five minutes and I would find that I the time when all of a sudden my milk would not be coming out anymore would be sooner rather than if I didn't use massage at all. So maybe I didn't yeah. use massage and it would take 20 minutes t- for the flow to really stop. But if I use massage, it would take about 15 because then once I let go, it was like there was nothing else coming out. So I felt like I really maximized my pumping session. So <laughs> um, I know, right? Um, Cherry, you had mentioned to me that, you know, you're kind of feeling stressed about going back to work. Yes. Um, it's, a very em- it's a very emotional experience. I will not cry. Yeah. I will not cry. I will not cry. <laughs> I, know. I cried for the first week when I was back at work. I totally yeah. remember that just sobbing. Um, but it definitely gets better. I know that. But you, you were saying that you kind of worry about this and even now. And while you're worrying about it, you've noticed that your supply yeah. can go down. It's really affected by yeah. your mental. I think, I mean, you know, if you recall, I definitely had an oversupply at the beginning, which I think contributed and exacerbated all of the other issues that I had. And um, it was a tough problem to have just because I'd meet so many people in my breastfeeding support groups who didn't have enough milk. And so they're like, oh, boohoo, you have too much milk. But um, I definitely sort of saw things sort of stabilizing. And I thought that, okay, it's just, you know, time. And my body's kind of gotten sort of used to the rhythm of things. And I kind of slacked off on the pumping a little bit just because I hate pumping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just kind of really busy and, and stuff like that. And I didn't, 
before I was pumping because I felt like I needed to because I was so engorged still and so I would have to pump a little bit and I would pump maybe once a day and then it was once every other day and once every two days and then it kind of started getting less and less and all of a sudden I realized I was like I should probably stop pumping again I'm going back to work we need to make sure that we're giving Callie a bottle and that was when all of a sudden I started noticing a difference because you know the only you can't really notice a huge difference in your supply when you're just nursing because you never see the milk which I know is why so many people have frustrations with breastfeeding (laughs) but um, it was when I was pumping that I was seeing a huge difference my bottles are are five ounce bottles and I would notice that I could fill them up pretty quickly within literally five minutes I would turn the pump on and so yes and he's looking at me like crazy (laughs) here which was why I was thinking oh pumping at work is going to be a breeze because I was thinking where am I going to have time to do these 15 20 minute pumping sessions and I thought this is fantastic it only takes me five minutes so that's great Um, and then when I kind of started pumping a little bit more regularly I noticed that um, I wasn't getting as much milk. So one day I pumped and I got one and a half ounces out of the left when I normally get about four and a half. So I was like, okay, that's a significant difference. And then the right side was always kind of the overproducer, well, more than the left side. And I would normally get like five or five and a half. And I'd notice I was only getting four. And the more I started noticing this, I think the more it started stressing me out. And sure. I think it was probably a little bit of a vicious cycle. And I kind of just decided, um, this was only about maybe two weeks ago. And so since then, I just decided, you know what, maybe I need to just be pumping every day every day try and make it a bit more consistent and I noticed that um, it has been going up especially since I've been trying to relax a little bit not as much as it was before but the thing that I'm noticing now is it's taking 15-20 minutes for the same amount of milk that I used to get in five and so I'm not sure why is it taking so much longer to get the exact same amount of milk that I used to get before yeah well my thought, is, it probably is that you did have such an oversupply before and Callie was taking less. And so, and we, I, we also find that most women's uh. milk, their, their breasts and their milk supply kind of regulate by about 12 weeks and your body just stops. It, I mean, you don't want to walk around in a permanent state of engorgement. No. <laughs> and so, and your body doesn't want you to either because it slows down your supply. Um, and it, it may decrease your supply if you are in a permanent state of engorgement and so yeah so now that your body's regulated it's now meeting Callie's need more regularly rather than overcompensating or making more than she needs and that's probably why you're finding that um it's taking longer because um it's it's not just pouring out like it was before but that it's actually not supposed to it is it should take because think about how long does Callie stay at the breast when she nurses she well she's been on for a while now but (laughs) normally sometimes she's done in five ten minutes okay she was always really really fast and she's also going to be stronger than the pump Um, And so try the massage and see if that helps because I do find and mom sometimes you have to you have to psychologically let down for the pump. I know. It's different. And so if pumping is stressing you out, um, find some things that make it so that way it's not so stressful. We actually just had an episode released a couple weeks ago about maximizing your pumping sessions where we talked about listen to that. Yeah, Yeah. just about ways in which you can make pumping work for you better um, and see if those help. Um, to really kind of get your yeah. to milk flow a little bit more easily. I got early on, I got one of those um, hands-free bras. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's going to be fantastic because the first couple of sessions sitting there holding the two bottles. But I find it actually makes it a little bit harder to kind of get in and do the massage and, and feel what's going on and feel if my breast is emptied because the bra is so tight and there is so much compression from the bra. So yes, I have my hands free, but sure. it, it makes it a little bit harder. So I'm going to go experiment okay. in the next couple of days and I'll, I'll let right. you know. Okay, sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. and Annie, what um, you know? What 
type of advice do you have for Cherry kind of going back to work or were things kind of popping in your head while Cherry was talking? They were because I was thinking about in the beginning um, the the pumping situation was uncomfortable for me and it made me sad and and when you I, were back at work when I was ba- back at work already um, and just feeling like it was part of my routine or my day um, but now that I've been at back at work I think for now a month it definitely feels a lot more normal and I'm desensitized to it that you know here I am I'm just pumping <laughs> <laughs> and I have a cover and everyone knows that it, that's what's happening so it's and and I've I've let go of the, the sensitivity that I was ha- I was feeling before too yeah. so it's it's definitely a little bit easier and I don't have as much privacy as you might be able to have I don't know so um that having that cover was a big deal um, and then I was also getting nervous that I sometimes because of meetings or, or things that were going on, I was skipping a, a pumping session. Um, and so I thought, was is that going to make my supply go down and, and whatever? So I talked with Robin about it, and she advised to do an extra pump at night and then maybe do a little bit in the morning. So as long as I'm continually getting getting the milk out and making sure that I have enough bottles for the next day for when she's with our caregiver, then then I feel okay. Okay. Um and now I'm all screwed up because she's not, she's, I don't know what, what, when she's hungry and how much she's taking in and how much she needs. So I'm, I'm a state of confusion. <laughs> Hi. And Callie's awake. Hi, Callie. Hi, baby girl. Smiling <laughs> well, ladies, I think that kind of wraps up our show today. We definitely can delve into this. Hi, sweetheart. We can definitely <laughs> delve more into this, you know, going back to work topic as well. Callie, um, how many more? Uh, Callie, <laughs> Cherry, <laughs> tell I, us. I know, I've look- noticed people calling me Callie lately, and uh, I figure, you know what, I'll just answer just, Until she's old enough I'm to answer the Callie. I'm staring at her. I'll she's answer. so dang cute. <laughs> Cherry, how many more weeks do you have before you go back to work? Um, I think I have... Mm, probably about four and a half weeks. Okay, now. so, so we it's may a little while. I may see you again before okay. before the next one, but it'll if probably not, be you'll days. definitely have some questions yes, afterwards. Yes. So, well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing your experiences breastfeeding your babies during their fourth fourth month of life. And uh, Cherry, we wish you the best of luck returning to thank work you. if we don't speak to you before then. And we look forward to catching up with the two of you as well as Jen um, in a few weeks. So, thanks so much for coming. Before we end our episode today, here's a hilarious breastfeeding oops from one of our listeners. Hi, my name is Erin, and I have a nine-month-old son named Cash, and this is my boob oops. I had never breastfed in public, and when Cash was about um, six months old, we finally managed to go out with some friends. They had invited us to watch a game. So we went down to Petco Park and they had these wonderful seats right behind the um, home plate. And I thought, okay, this is a good time to go ahead and try and breastfeed in public. So I started to nurse Cash. And since he's not accustomed to being nursed with a cover, he threw the cover back and threw himself back, exposing all of my business. to those around me and um, I managed to, to get covered up and get him calm and everything. And a few minutes later, my hostess turns to me and she says, Aaron, you know, I think that because we're behind home plate, we're on national television. <laughs> yeah, so much for the first time to nonchalantly and covertly breastfeed in public. So. If you have a breastfeeding oops you would like to share, please call our boob group hotline at 619-866-4775 and we'll highlight it on an upcoming episode.
Thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you'll visit the website, theboobgroup.com, and add your stories about breastfeeding your three to four month old in the comment section on this episode's page. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing sex and breastfeeding. Not at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Boob Group because mothers know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.